This is Earth Riot Radio, and I'm Reverend Billy. Come on in. This is the Earth Church. How are you? In today's 29 minutes, the big lie. Chris Smalls, who refused to tell the big lie. He is our new saint. Next week, September 4th at 3 p.m. New York time. We'll give you the live stream information later in the show. Chris will be inducted into fabulous sainthood by our Earth Church in the East Village here in New York City. Well, Chris lived in the big lie of the Amazon company, the pollutingest company in the world, putting a million metric tons of CO2 into the atmosphere every week. He wanted to tell the truth at the lunch hour in the cafeteria of his warehouse. He wanted to tell the truth about COVID, which was killing all of us and he got fired for it. You and I need to tell the truth. We live inside an atmosphere of the big lie. It's no accident all the Trumpers are calling everybody else a big lie, but the New York Times is calling everybody else a big lie. All the big institutions, religious, business, corporate, they're all telling everyone's a big liar. It's the commonest word in the English language at this time. Let's tell the truth, learn how to get to the truth in a thick, atmosphere of lies. Let's find the truth by working with each other. And it really comes from love. The radical idea of forgiveness and trust and loyalty and gentleness and intimacy and a new way of being in the earth, in the natural world. The truth is waiting for us. I feel it coming up in somebody. Shout it with me now. Earth hallelujah. Earth hallelujah. Love hallelujah. We better say I love you before we disappear. Extinction number six. One, two, three, four, five. Do something to remember if someone does survive. Oh, our hearts are beating. Now I know why On the living earth there is no goodbye Extinction is real, extinction is here We better say I love you before we disappear Extinction number six, one, two, three, four, five, do something to remember, someone does survive. Extinction, extinction, my God, what a word, it's everywhere, it's nowhere, it flies like a bird. Let go of the myth, extinction will surprise. Now we can really love. Death makes the sun rise. 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 Death 
the sunrise. Extinction is real. Extinction is here. We better say I love you before we disappear. Extinction number six. One, two, three, four, five. Do something to remember if someone does survive. And extinction is here. Sounds like somebody's telling the truth. That's the Stop Shopping Choir singing the extinction song. And it's hard to tell the truth about the extinction. The sixth extinction is everywhere. It's big. It's the earth as a conscious living being doing this cleanup, this, this rebalancing, which may be a mass mortality event already is in some parts of the world. But we've got to tell the truth about it, live in the truth about it. Am I, am I telling the truth? Somebody give me an earth hallelujah. Now, you can come and listen to our songs for free at revbilly.com, R-E-V-Billy.com. You can make a purchase and help us out if you want to as well. The Stop Shopping Choir will be there singing live on September 4th. 3 p.m. Sunday, 3 p.m. next Sunday. Chris Smalls and the Amazon Labor Union people will be there as well. Avenue C at East 3rd Street in the Lower East Side, Lower East Side, 36 Avenue C at East 3rd Street. On the northeast corner, there's a bank branch been converted into the Earth Church. Come on in. We're going to go down to the trees, have a picnic together after the singing and the sainting of Chris Smalls. Now, if you want to live stream, come to that website I just gave you. On the top of our homepage, you'll be pointed in the direction of where it will be televised. The revolution will not be televised. Amen. Our songs are... When we do them on purpose, it's a trance state to help us with our activism. We don't just want our activism to be right thinking or policies or even just courage or ego. We want it to come from the love of the earth, and that's what we have in our songs. Sing along with us. I think that they might help you. They certainly help us. Love the earth. Death Here we go. Death makes the sun rise. Death makes the sun rise. Death makes the sun rise. One, two, three, four. Say 
A lot of this greed and money-soaked corruption has to do with how we view money, what it means to us, how we use it, how we look at the wealthy and their lifestyles and the endless race to acquire stuff and things and shit. Consumerism is capitalism's drug dealer. It's the enabling fuel that pushes this runaway train ever faster and forward over human rights, justice, trees, and babies. As a culture, we take in over 3,000 ads a day, whether we want to or not. Your mind is constantly being raped by the incessantly annoying voice to keep shopping, keep buying, keep wanting and needing that you don't need or deep down really want. This is not an easy force to fight or win against. It's an insidious addiction that most of us don't even realize that we have. So what better way to deal with it than inviting a reverend and his choir to exorcise those demons? As an atheist, that may be the only time you will ever hear me say that. But Reverend Billy and the Stop Shopping Choir are anything but your typical Sunday fair. They are a group of creative activists led by Reverend Billy and directed by Savitri D. And what began as anti-consumerism expression grew into what is now a 13-year-long mission to not only battle consumerism, but to battle the capitalist cronyism it fuels, the injustices to both people and planet, from Black Lives Matter to the environment. Last week, I sat down and spoke with the director and co-founder Savitri D to discuss this interconnectedness of ideas, the rush of protest, the war on dissent, and how you can join the chorus of activists. Take a look. Consumerism in its most basic sense is a, is, a, is a scale problem, right? It's like the earth can't handle it <laughs> at the scale that we expect it to exist at. Um, and, and consumerism is supported by a, an extractive industries like gas and oil, period. It's a really basic connection there um, on every level. And, um, but there are, I think, more uh, nuanced, maybe more complex ways of looking at it in terms of the globalized economy, in terms of neoliberalism, in terms of um, sort of larger power structures shifting around to control capital and land use. Um, and that includes uh, the human capital, right? So those things are, are, are easy on a very uh, sort of technical economic level to see as connected. And, and then on a very basic level that uh, you know, if if you're out shopping all day, you're uh, using a lot of gas or there's a lot of packaging or that thing came across the world on a tanker. So you, you can see the, um, the the interconnectedness of it in, in two very different places. That action at uh, Grand Central Station is why Billy is facing a year in jail. And I'm curious, why is that one in particular turning into a potential year in jail? This is not the first time that Billy's faced like actual jail time in New York City. The last arrest, they, they overcharged him with uh, reckless endangerment and riot and menace. Uh, that also carried a, a year-long possible sentence. Um, in the last couple of years, this has been sort of the, 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 how the police have dealt with Reverend Billy and I would say other um, sort of high-level protest arrests. You know, um, they, there's... Uh, uh, heftier jail time. And, but in the end, you know, it, it, it seems impossible that he would get that. Um, it's just basic harassment. It's just a basic way to chill dissent in New York city to pick off people and keep them off the street. Um, the reason there's a year long charge right now is because Billy rejected, uh, their, um, offer of an ACD, 
which is the adjournment with contemplation of dismissal, which is what protesters get all over. You know, it just say like, okay, stay off the street for six months and you can just walk away from this. So activists are supposed to admit guilt and say, okay, I did that and I won't do it again for six months. And then they get to walk away. But there was no guilt. He wasn't breaking the law, you know, and, and it's highly problematic. And, but the thing is when you're in jail and you get, I've been offered an ACD just like that. It, it sounds really good. It's like, yes, get out of here. <laughs> Even when you've just been in there a few hours. How has, uh, how have these arrests and how the, the justice system or the injustice system, how they've dealt with it, how has that uh, inspired actions after the fact? Well, I think in New York, it's always like a very limited group of people who are willing to risk arrest. Um, the NYPD are really atrocious. And the legal system here is, um, we know, we call it death by a thousand cuts. You know, they just, it, they'll just drag it out as long as they can. And you have to miss work and you have to show up at this date. And after Occupy, there was a big influx of people um, who were willing to take those risks. And I, I think we still have a lot of those people in New York City, thank God. Um, not God, but be, thankfully, we have... Um, a lot of those people remained here and a, a lot more people are willing to take that risk now. So the, the concept of invading public space, uh, like Grand Central Station, for example, is one of your platforms. Um, explain, talk a little bit about like the various platforms, because I know you do, you direct the stage shows as well. Um, how are the, how are these platforms and mediums different and do, does your messaging change between them? Yes, we do work in several different modes, and I would say um, they are quite different. How you operate on a stage inside that, uh, you know, very um, controlled atmosphere uh, with an audience, with p people who are essentially passive, who have chosen and elected to be there themselves, very different than how you operate um, in public space, in contested space, um, in retail space. The charge, we call it a, a kind of charged space that exists when you're in contested areas like Grand Central or, um, you know, a mall or even a parking lot in some places, um, because it, it tells you something about normal everyday life, too. It, it tells you how constrained we all are. It teaches you about your own consumerism when you're in those spaces. And it can be so much more impactful because people aren't expecting you to start performing, so to speak. They're not passively agreeing to be there for a performance. Yeah, I think in a consumer environment, in a consumerized environment, you know, anything you can do that, that gives traction, it's such a slippery kind of slick surface and everything just kind of floats by and that's what it's designed to do it's designed to make you feel really comfortable you could do anything like the door's going to open and then suddenly I'll have a latte in my hand and I don't know how I got in here I didn't even want coffee and uh, so to find any traction with that is um is really difficult part of it's about the language you know changing your language like being broader in your language when you're in public space um you know being clear about what you're trying to say um being willing to, to, to be really, really embarrassed, um, to have people really angry at you, um, and even, you know, physically aggressive towards you. Um, you know, there's nothing like brand loyalty to incite violence in people, strangely enough. When you do these actions out in public in these contested spaces, music or poetry or street theater, um, how do you see people start to almost like you can actually see their paradigms shifting and, and wanting to join in or actually joining in? Does that, do you see that a lot? I wouldn't say a lot, but yeah, definitely. Because I think people are relieved. 
I think people are so glad to be shaken out of this kind of hypnotic consumerized state. I mean, it's, it's just so boring. It's such a boring life. I don't think consumerism is a very satisfying way to live ultimately. And, and I think it just takes a lot to unlock it. It's, it's a lot of millions and millions of dollars went into each consumer to get them to be perfect consumers, you know, of marketing money and advertising money. And, um, you know, unlocking that is a lot of work. How do you tell people to to take what they already do, take their passion, take their their skill set, and parallel that to, to activism and being socially and politically involved? I would say the very first thing to do is to just know that you don't have to do it by yourself and that to find other people who want to do it too. And the minute you have a group of people who want to do that, who you can even just get along with a little bit, it all gets a lot easier because then you're sharing your skills and they have skills you don't have. And you can make something together. I think it's very difficult to go at it alone. So my first impulse would be to say, go find some friends who want to do it too and do it together. Find the people around you who are willing to be brave with you and, and, and talk about it in those terms. Talk about courage. Talk about bravery. Look around you and see where can I be brave? What is the actual physical location where I can be courageous? And just find out what it feels like. What does that mean to you if you are out there and you're thinking, like, I want to do something? You know, it might be closer in than you think it is. It might be right around you. called you an unprecedented disaster. Is that right? Is that all we hear in your screaming wind? Are you a menacing, unknowable, savage world? After the storm, we, the rogue species, we stand where we burned in the trees, and we listen to your silent spring. We put our ear to the ground and hear in the traumatized land a seed-stirring sound. Your scream is a talking softly breeze. And we know that the climate tragedy, it's an instruction to us. A way forward for life. We ask that you let us make a home again. find a way to live after the storm. We promise you 
we are transformed.
Beautiful Earth. Beautiful Earth. Beautiful Earth. You're right here, right here, nearby somewhere. I can feel you. We just got some pavement here. Some concrete gotta, gotta blow all the walls down like a storm. Like a storm. Out of the car, out of the traffic jam, out of the suburban sprawl, out of the toxins in the air. Take that journey, you and me. Take that time. Get the map. Got the map? Oh, it's inside us. We forgot that. Now we remember. The earth, the earth, the earth, the earth gave us the map. Thank you, earth. Yeah. We'll be singing beautiful earth until we, you guided us. And now we promise you we'll shout. We'll sing in the streets. Beautiful earth. We'll do everything we got to do. We'll risk arrest, go to jail, teach the children. And so we come to the conclusion of this week's Earth Church. Thanks for being with us. Savitri D., thank you for that interview, breaking down activism that deals with consumerism, consumption. And over the whole half hour, I hope that we had that feeling of, of trying to protect all of life because our consumption, our overconsumption, is simply dangerous. And yet it's so ordinary. Because we're hit with a half a trillion dollars worth of advertising every year. We really are trained to not notice the impact we're having on life. So this marks the work of the Church of Stop Shopping. We try to deal with this issue of consumption with our human humor and with our music. And of course, we're always exploring multiple touch points with, with racial justice, with gender justice. Consumerism carried, especially when it's carried to an extreme point, is very sexist and racist. And the consumption system, the whole economy, is, well, it just, it just pressures and kills those of us who can't defend ourselves with the kinds of things you can get with money. And so, coming to the end of my allotted 29 minutes, human rights and earth rights are essential for each other. That's what we believe. And they, they start from the same point of love. They're carried forward. That work is justice. That's the work of justice. As you move towards the hate and try to deal with it, Try to change people, people around us. Amen. Everyone, have a healthy, good, wild week. Until we meet again, hopefully here in the Earth Church. This is Reverend Billy. Love-a-luya. Hallelujah. <laughs>